Hey everybody, what's up? It is your favorite Bucks fan and very happy Bucks fan, Mark Thomas, coming to you from California, fresh off of uh, visiting back in Wisconsin. I attended the amazing Game 6 last Tuesday and, of course, the parade on Thursday. I am back in California now, euphoric off of uh, the Bucks championship win. Uh, you've probably already heard about uh, 20 other podcasts up to this point uh, last week on the Bucks win, uh, winning the title. And so this will be your 21st uh, that you're listening to, uh, but that's fine. I've uh, been busy with all the amazing uh, celebrations last week. So just getting around to the podcast now and uh, appreciate everybody listening. And uh, maybe it's good that you guys got a little bit of a break uh, or a little bit of a, a lag in our episode so that you could Enjoy all the other episodes and podcasts that were out there. Take a little break and now here are. So uh, with that, uh, Jess, uh, awesome to have you on again. And you were right. The Bucks were going to win it all. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, I mean, first things first, we got to hear about the game. I got to hear your side of the story here. Okay. So let me give you a little bit of the the blow by blow or the rundown here as to how it all transpired. So we talked about a little bit about it. I believe it was after game four, uh, how I bought tickets right then and there. Um, so I bought two tickets for uh, my boyfriend and myself after game four to go to game six. Cause of course, after winning game four, it was guaranteed to have a game six. Um, now this was before they won game five to make game six, the chance to win it all. And so it's funny because after they won that amazing game five, um, the, the ticket price is more than doubled. So the, the tickets that I got, which were, it was upper deck row five, a couple sections to the left of center, um, but but really good. We didn't have any blockage of the, of the of the baskets by the backboard or anything like that. So we could see both baskets clearly. It was, it was they're actually very good seats. I posted them on like on uh, social media, uh, but anyways, um, so that was the the whole thing with buying the tickets, and it was it was pretty it was pretty crazy because not only did ticket prices double, but then even just for like standing room only, they were like twelve hundred dollars each, which for Milwaukee is you know a ton of money, right? Um, so uh, I was sitting there very pretty and very uh, happy with uh, my whole game plan for you know, strategizing this to make sure that I didn't go to the series too early, like games three or four, um, because I knew they weren't going to sweep them. Uh, and if they were going to get swept, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be there anyways for that. So strategically waiting for game six, but I never thought that they would actually have the chance to win it in game six. And then they, you know, had that, uh, what I consider to be still a pretty improbable upset uh, in game five. Uh, but I was just happy to be able to go to game six because then, you know, assuming if they had lost game five, and then game six was just to tie it up at three all, uh, you know, I, I still would have been there for, I still could have been in Milwaukee for game seven to hopefully, you know, try and find a way to, to steal that. And so, um, you know, for them to win game five and for game six to be for the entire title was just uh, unbelievable. And I, I, I just will never forget like thinking this entire time last Tuesday, oh my gosh, I'm going to the game where they could win the entire thing. Uh, and so, you know, we took a red-eye flight Monday night, got in there Tuesday morning. I stayed at my sister's place in the Milwaukee area. Shout out to uh, Katie and Pat for letting me uh, stay there. 
so thank you very much for that. Saved us uh, on uh, some expensive hotels. Uh, the hotel prices were obnoxious for some reason, probably because of this. Uh, and um, and so then we're going to uh, you know game six, and I'm like, wow. Uh, and it's really funny because a couple of days before that, my boyfriend suggested that we go to the Brewers game also. Um, because they moved the Brewers game from seven o'clock to three o'clock to accommodate, you know, people that want to, of course, go or watch the Bucks game. So we ended up going to the Brewer game first at three o'clock. We were like, look, we're only going to stay till like five 30, five 45. And then we're going to leave. Uh, so we, so we watched seven innings of that at Miller park. Uh, well, I still call it Miller park, you know, it's American family park. Uh, so we watched, uh, about seven innings of that till about five 45 or so. And then we took an Uber from there to downtown and it was really, really getting crazy out in the Deer District, even before, um, even by that time, even by like about six o'clock. And, you know, the final estimates were around, I believe, 100,000 people were out in the Deer District for the game. I, I, it was more than 65K, that's for sure. Um, I was a little bit worried that we weren't going to actually be able to get into the arena because the crowds were so crazy outside. But they had sectioned off a pretty good section of the area for people that were, you know, trying to obviously go into the doors there. Um so we went to the doors and um, uh, it was just unbelievably cool. And we went up the escalator and we took pictures or took videos of well, videos and pictures of the crowd outside that we could see through the glass panels, which was which is amazing. And then, um, man, I mean, as the game started, I'm like, holy cow, they get up by 13 in the first quarter. I'm like, please run away with this. Like, I want to just put my mind at ease that there's no chance that we're going to lose this game. Like let's get up by 20 or 25 at halftime and let the whole second half just be one big party. Right. Um, but obviously it's not the way it went. They stuck it up in the second quarter, scored 13 points and we're down by five and a half. And, you know, uh, we went to go get a, a drink at halftime and I'm very superstitious. So we had gotten cocktails, mixed cocktails, uh, uh, before the game started in the concession stands. We're like, no, 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 we got to change this up. So we got wine instead, canned wine, but it was actually pretty good. Um, and I just remember saying to, uh, uh, to to Elgin, I was like, gosh, why couldn't we have just scored 23 points that quarter instead of 13? Then we'd at least be up five instead of down five. Um, but of course, they only scored 13. But then they you know, had an amazing third quarter and they scored 35 points in the third quarter um, to tie it up 77 all. Both teams actually you know, did pretty well offensively. Uh, in the uh, in the uh, third quarter, uh, we scored 35. They scored 30, and it was tied up at 77 going into uh, going into uh, the fourth quarter. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a tie game. But I have to say, I actually felt pretty good because you know I was just like, gosh, you know, at least we didn't like just have an absolute stinker in the third quarter like we did in the second quarter and get behind by like 10 or 12. And um, yeah, and then Giannis just. I mean, he obviously had an amazing third quarter, but continued to take over in the fourth quarter. And it was, uh, it was really, I, I, I was, I was nervous because we couldn't push the lead past like eight points, you know, with, with four or five seconds to go was or four or five minutes ago was just still, you know, kind of a six to eight point lead and then down to four. And then finally, when Middleton hit that unbelievable, just absolutely clutch, super difficult, you know, uh, jump shot uh, from about 18, 17, 18 feet away with 55 or so seconds left to go to put him back up by six. And that was in 104.98. Uh, I knew we were winning. Um, and uh, of course, uh, the Suns didn't score the rest of the way. And uh, Giannis made another free throw to give him an even 50 for the game. 
And uh, man, let the celebration begin. Took a took a picture of it and put it on social media. And uh, best best sports moment of my life for sure. <laughs> it's going to be a hard one to beat from here on out. Yeah, I mean the interesting thing is that like you know the Packers have won two Super Bowls during my lifetime, and uh, obviously everyone out there knows I'm a diehard Packers fan. I think the thing that is really really interesting. Uh, and, and why this is the best sports moment of my life, even over those other two Packers championships. One is just the adversity that the Bucks went through this year to get to that point. Yes, in 2010, the Packers kind of had a lot of adversity also. But I also, I guess, kind of felt like it was, a, an, I mean, now looking in hindsight, it wasn't a bonus. But I felt a little bit at that point like it was a bonus. Rodgers in his third year. Hey, we're going to be back. Hey, he'll probably win another title. You know, we kind of stole one, if you will. Now, lo and behold, they have one of the titles. So, you know, whatever. But I'm talking about feeling at that moment. Um, and also, you know, I mean, there was all sorts of uh, dismay thrown at Middleton, at, at Giannis, honestly, for the last two seasons, not having you know, kind of gotten to the finals uh, either year. And, you know, the questions around him of whether he could ever win a championship uh, and his game isn't well-rounded enough and he can't make free throws and he can't make jump shots. And he quashed all of that with, in my opinion, one of the best finals performances ever, not just in that game, but throughout. I mean, obviously had, you know, two other amazing games uh, before that um, in, 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 well, actually, you know, four in a row, to be honest. Uh, and so to culminate it with a 50-point effort and to go 17 of 19 from the free throw line and to even make a three-pointer, I believe it was the fourth quarter he made it, uh, just, um, and, and, then, and then, you know, also on top of it, um, you know, uh, to be there and witness it in person um, and to, to, to go through the ups and downs and the roller coaster of this year's playoffs. Um, and then again, like I said, to be there in person for it. I just, I just, you're right. I just don't, I don't know how that can be topped. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think, I think you just hit the pinnacle of your uh, sports fan career right there. <laughs> are you trying to, are you trying to say it's all going to be downhill from here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess so. That, that, that's a bad way to put it, but I can't see anything beating that one. Yeah. I mean, I would say this, I would say if, like uh, the Brewers were to win a world series and I could be there for that. That would be, that would be pretty special too. Maybe it would depend on the circumstances, but I doubt the circumstances are kind of the same as the bucks. Um, and, and like if, if, you know, Rogers, and we can talk about this here in a little bit too, you know, he's obviously going to come back this year now, but it'll probably be his last year as a Packer. If they win it all, I mean, uh, I'll certainly obviously be ecstatic to have won a championship, but Giannis, in my opinion, and I don't think it's just my opinion, but I think everyone in the state of Wisconsin, Giannis is now the number one superstar in Wisconsin. Period. End of story. Yeah. And 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 so I think the the part of this year is we are all unbelievably happy for all the Bucks players. Like they're all so relatable. They're all so super likable team. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you've got Giannis, you've got Middleton. Um, I mean, P.J. Tucker was just an amazing fit. Obviously, Bobby Portis is super beloved. Um, you know, Brooke Lopez was great. Um, uh, Connaughton was awesome. I, uh, another big part of this, too, that I, I forgot to mention out of this as to why this is so special is, you know, just how maligned Bud was. Um, you know, and there's if he doesn't make the finals, he's absolutely being fired. If he makes the finals and loses the finals, he probably would get one more year. 
Um, but now that he won the finals, he's got a three to five year reprieve easily. Um, you know, hundred percent. And so to see <laughs> at, at the parade, we were standing there to see him smile on the, on the double decker bus that was going by and, you know, uh, waving his hands up and pumping his fists and just this big smile that I've never seen on his face before ever, ever on TV, uh, or in their arena was really also unbelievably special too. And of course, you know, Giannis is one of the best stories ever coming from nothing in Greece and Nigeria to, to where he is today. So yeah, I mean, uh, people in Wisconsin, to be frank, are pretty tired of Rogers shenanigans. They will cheer him, of course, because they're Packers fans, you know, um, you know, when the season starts. But in terms of just being so endeared to the team or to a team, uh, it's going to be tough to surpass that. There's no question about it. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. It, w- it was a great game. It ended up being a super good game. Uh, Giannis, Giannis definitely took over. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is that like, this is part of the whole maturation process generally of NBA players. They don't get there overnight. They take, it takes time. It takes losing. It takes losing in the playoffs, you know, to build this character, to understand what it takes to win, uh, to not lose the confidence. And he never once, never once wavered on his confidence in anything throughout all these playoffs. Um, You know, he didn't ever back down when he was, early on in the playoffs when he was airballing free throws and uh, looking bad. I mean, he didn't stop going to the rim or uh, stop being aggressive or anything like that. He stayed aggressive the entire time. Um, and he, you know, got better in his free throws and maybe there's a little luck there too, but uh, that's fine. Also, I mean, obviously a 17 for 19 performance, you know, even if he's just kind of normally honest there and goes nine for 19, you know, it's a, at, at, um, at uh, you know, best, maybe a tied game. Right. Uh, so uh, it's just a, it's a really remarkable performance. Um, it's the beginning of great things. I would be shocked. The other part of this, I think that's amazing. I'd be shocked if, if, if they didn't win another two or three titles with him. I mean, I see him easily for sure winning four titles, you know, in the NBA, unlike the NFL, you can four, win four titles. titles. What was that? Four titles with the Bucks. Yeah. He's only 26 years old, 26. He's he's younger than Jordan and LeBron when he won his first title. Yeah, I mean that's true. That's I uh, I mean, I feel like in today's NBA that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a feat. Well, I don't mean four in a row. I'm not saying four. No, no, no. I know you don't mean four in a row, but even for a period, even in the next 10 years for him. Yeah, I uh well, so first of all, all the key components are locked up, right, for the next 4 years. Giannis, Holiday, Middleton. So, um, you know, for the next four years, basically, they're not going anywhere. And so there's no reason why they can't win two more titles in that period. But for sure, one. Let's, just, let's, let's be conservative and say one. So if he wins one of the next four, eh, I mean, that's two and five. That would be an average of, you know, four titles in 10 years. I don't think that's completely unreasonable. And he can play till probably like 37, 38, like LeBron is. Um, so, uh, I mean, yeah, four is definitely on the upper end two for sure. I mean, that's only one more, um, and three would be two more. So I think that's very doable. And keep in mind in the NBA, it's star driven league. So you don't need to, uh, you don't need to, um, you know, uh, have a lot of luck like you do in the NFL or baseball. My gosh, the playoffs in baseball are all luck. Um, so it's very different in the NBA. I didn't say that. 
why do I say it's less luck than in baseball? Yeah, no, no, in baseball. Why do you say it's all luck? Oh, come on, man. Do you not follow baseball? baseball I do. Baseball playoffs are a hundred percent luck. Well, not a hundred percent, but like ninety-nine percent luck. The the skill part in baseball is getting to the playoffs. The goal in baseball is get to the playoffs and make the playoffs as many times as you can, and eventually the ball will bounce your way and you'll 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 win some titles, right? I mean, just just look at just look at it. I, I mean, mean, I mean, that, no, 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 no. Hang on, hang on, hang on a second. Kind of who's hot? Huh? The MLB playoffs are kind of who's hot at the time. No, no, no. There's been just look at the look at the studies. Like there's teams that have gone into the playoffs with losing streaks and gone on to win it all. And there's play, there's teams that have uh, gone out that went in there, uh, uh, you know, winning a bunch in a row and, and didn't make it past the first round. Um, uh, yeah, the NFL, but it, the NFL, it's kind of people will catch a streak. I, I don't know about luck. That's no, like a, it's that's all. Like a oh bad my gosh, word. just look. Just look at this. Look, I'm, I'm a sabermetrics guy. All right, I can tell you right now. And this is why Billy Bean literally says this: sh- my shit doesn't work in the playoffs, and it's true. It doesn't work in the playoffs. There's not a lot you can do. Um, look, okay, just 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 look at the just look at the examples. How many teams have won more than one title in the last twenty years? I can't even think off the top of my head. Let's see, maybe the Red Sox have the won Red three. Sox have the, the Red won Sox th- have won like three three in twenty years, but they but they haven't. But but it's it's they've gone to the playoffs a lot more than that. Would you say that they haven't been the best team in all the, in more, more than those times? And that's the only team that has. I can't think of any other team that's won multiple titles. None. Gi- Giants, sorry, Giants, Giants and Red Sox. Okay, are the two. But look at but look at look at this for a second. The Giants have made the playoffs way 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 more than those three times. Okay, and they didn't and they didn't win a World Series for fifty years before that. And the Red Sox didn't win a World Series for eighty years before they won one. And so, and, but yet they made the world series a gazillion amount of times. Look, if you just really honestly kind of, just, you know, do some searching online for this, the baseball playoffs are almost all luck because there's you don't, the car, the Cardinals, the Cardinals have won twice. Yeah. Well, and look at how, how good were they in that first title in 2006? What was their record? 83 and 79. They lost on the last game of the season when they needed to win to get in the playoffs and they made the playoffs because some other team, Lost. They backdoored their their way into the playoffs at 83 and 79 and went on to win the whole thing. The Mariners won 115 games in 2001 and didn't even make it past the, uh, uh, didn't even get to the World Series. Yeah, I kind of stand corrected though. The, uh, The Red Sox have won four times. Uh, oh yeah, they won 2004, 2008. Uh, 2013, 2018. Sorry about that. Um, no, that's correct. That's correct. But they didn't win for 80 years before that. And they went to plenty, plenty of World Series in that time. And you're trying to tell me that they weren't the best team in any of those other World Series? In a seven-game yeah. series, in a seven-game series, anything can happen, let alone a five-game series in the divisional round. I mean, look, there are some things that baseball can do, in my opinion, and should do to make things a lot less luck. Uh, in the playoffs, like I'd like to see a stepladder format uh, where four plays five, one game, and then the winner of that plays the third seat for best out of three, and then that plays the best places number two seat for best out of five, and and put more meaning behind the regular season. Right now, right now, I mean, who gives a shit if you're the one, two, or three seed? Yeah, you don't want to be the it, four, it, five. It, yeah, right? it doesn't matter in baseball. The regular seasons never matter, though. Well, no, the regular season does matter from a sense of making the playoffs 
And that well, is yeah, I mean, if you're a good team, you're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, but that's my point. The the good team from a skill perspective almost always makes the playoffs. Um, that's the skill part. That's the skill part. But once you get to the playoffs, okay, it's not 100% luck, but it's like 98 to 99%. There's just, you can't control where balls bounce. Uh, you can't control line drives that fall, that find uh, outfielders' gloves. You can't control little dribblers that, look, to look at the Brewers in the 2018. I mean, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. Well, just hang on a second. Let me, let me finish. That's why I, I don't understand how people can consistently make a living off betting on baseball. That's the, the most confusing sport for betting. Just because I think, every game, you just never know what you're going to get. No matter I think the over, the over under, the over unders uh, are more predictable. Uh, I would agree with you on money lines or uh, run spreads are probably tough. Um, pretty sure yeah. there are guys out there that make a lot of money on baseball betting. I hear it's a pretty popular sport to bet on. Yeah, well, that, that plays into the whole 162 games thing, too. So, yes, as long as you bet every single day, um, you're going to come out ahead if, you, if you're if you a sharp and you know what you're doing. Yes, you're going to get some wild swings in the season, but over the long run, you will uh, – you'll get – You'll, you'll come out ahead if you're, uh, if you're yeah shy. yeah i guess you're right i guess you're right but anyways going back to the point uh, of what i was trying to say before um i mean there's just not a lot of it, it, winning world series if you just look at the whole um i guess franchise the the whole lifespan of a franchise in baseball if you look at the entire lifespan of a franchise i shouldn't have used a 20-year analogy like i use that's bad but if you look at the entire lifespan of a franchise the amount of titles a team has is directly correlated to how many times they make the playoffs. I don't have what that number is, but that's, that's what it is. If you make the playoffs enough, your time will come is basically what it comes down to. So the goal is getting to the playoffs as much as possible. Once you get there. there's um, a, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see it. And no, I get what you're saying. Look, there's uh, a few things you can do. Look, there's a few things you can do to help make it better. They've done a lot of studies on this. One is having a really, really good bullpen, having a really good bullpen in the, in the major league baseball playoffs can, uh, can skew you some uh, extra runs saved over the course uh, in, in a more easy, easy, easy fashion than like trying to build your team around just purely home runs, right? Because home runs can come and go hitters go through dry spells. It's, it's hard having really good pitching and especially good, uh, a good bullpen makes a big difference. And then of course, good on base guys, you know, obviously make it, make a big difference too. But a lot of it is just, Hey, do you, do you end up hitting with runners in scoring position? which a lot of that is luck. Um, you know, do you, uh, you know, get a few timely, you know, home runs, which again is oftentimes luck. Um, I'm not saying that the best team doesn't necessarily have a better chance of winning. Uh, but I think I saw a stat at some point that in a regular three game series uh, in baseball, the worst team in baseball has a 15% chance of winning the series against the best team in baseball. That's the worst team versus the best team. Now, if you basically make the make the analogy of two playoff teams where they're probably pretty close to 50-50, if not 60-40, now it's basically just like a toss-up, right? So, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of years where the best team doesn't win. Whereas in the NBA, the best team almost You're, you're right. Yeah, the NBA is the most predictable sport. Yes, Exactly. Which is one of the reasons why I feel this year was was actually also kind of a lot of fun, because 
the the kind of condensed season um and it was definitely kind of a war of attrition and it was uh you know a lot of kind of other variable factors that went into play i think really made it a more interesting exciting um nba title well Uh, i mean it it really was the first year i I guess you can take last year uh the first year where there wasn't like an absolute clear-cut favorite because i mean you had you had like four or five years in a row where before the season started you knew it was going to be Cavs versus Warriors or or Heat versus Spurs. You know what I mean? Or whoever comes out, you you knew LeBron was given in the East. The East playoffs had absolutely no drama whatsoever for eight years, nine years. Yeah, and then uh, the West kind of cycled through people, but it was it was. Uh, I mean, I felt like there was like five or six years where the NBA was one of the most boring sports, in my opinion, as right. far as the regular season goes, just due to the fact that I knew exactly what was going to happen through the season. Yeah, and so um, that that's right. So that's what I was trying to say is that the NBA has probably the least amount of luck in the playoffs. Um, baseball probably has the most. Uh, football is probably somewhere in between um, in the middle uh, in terms of that because it's obviously just one game and the one, yeah, anything can happen in one game. Yeah. But not, but still, but still no. I mean, if the, um, you know, if the uh, Eagles were playing the, uh, you know, Packers in the NFC championship game, we would have easily won that game. Right. So there's still not, yeah, but I mean, I mean, counterpoint, uh, how many times out of 10 does the Nick Foles led Eagles beat the Patriots that year? Yeah, so um, I, I, I don't remember what the point spread was in that. I think it was maybe – I'll double-check, but I think it was Patriots minus, I don't know, three or four. That's not that big of an upset. I mean – No, 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 it, it's not. It's not, but from a, like, best of seven, I think I think the Pats win in five or six. Eh, maybe four. I mean, look, I, I, part of it is, is how much of a spread there is between the two teams. So like in the 1996 Super Bowl, Packers are 14 point favorites against the Patriots. Uh, that would have taken a miracle upset. And they obviously, you know, the Patriots were leading for a little bit of time, um, but for very only briefly. And, um, and the Packers won by 14. Right. And then if you look at the Cowboys teams of the 90s against the Steelers um, and against the Bills, you know, they were huge favorites in those games, too, um, and blew them you know, out of the water. Uh, type of thing. And same thing for the Niners, you know, crushing the Chargers and uh, lots of other examples like that. There is more parity now in the NFL, I guess, uh, than the 70s, 80s and 90s. Um, But uh, there's there's still like the better team will win, I will say, 70, 75 percent of the time in the NFL playoffs. But, yeah, there's enough of an element of luck that it's not a slam dunk. Um, And usually if you look at upsets in the playoffs or situations like the Packers were the six seed and won the Super Bowl in 2010. They were not really a six seed. They were only a six seed because of and a 10 and six record because of injuries. I mean, they were really a 13 and three team masquerading as a 10 and six team because they had injuries and some weird luck, weird bad luck losses uh, that year. Um, I knew once we made the playoffs, we were going to be dangerous. Now we of course had to get to the playoffs, but I knew once we made it, we were going to be conversely the next year, they were 15 and one and um, had a bye and then lost in the divisional round to the Giants and got killed at home uh, in that game. And honestly, if we look back on it, they had one of the worst defenses in the league that year. It's just that Rodgers, you know, obviously an MVP season. So, um, so it didn't really matter. Um, but I, I do believe there's, you know, on a scale of one to 10, 
the NBA luck in the playoffs is probably a two. Uh, Major League Baseball is probably a nine point nine. Uh, NFL is probably <laughs> NFL is probably a four to a five, and NHL is probably like a seven. Uh, a nine point nine. Yeah, really, it is. No, no way. Yeah. I'll, I'll settle at an eight point five. That's all you're convincing me of here. No, 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 no. Okay, well, next <laughs> next week, next week, I'm bringing, I'm busting out the stats to prove to you uh, that most of the champions for the major for for the World Series, um, while they certainly are better than like you know the worst team in baseball, or even maybe the fifth seed in the in the league that year, um, you know, the difference between them and the other team. Um, you know, stat wise, stat wise, uh, you know, compared to whoever they played in the World Series was probably negligible. It was basically a coin flip. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll save that one for another time. Um, but look, I mean, come, that's why the point of us getting off on this tangent was to talk about the Bucks' chances winning the title. And, <laughs> and, 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 and obviously the Nets, if they're healthy or, or, you know, a super team, but I also don't, I don't think it's guaranteed they will be healthy. I mean, Harden has injury issues. Um, uh, Durant has injury, you know, issues in history. Uh, Kyrie, that was a fluke injury, but um, you know, there's, you can't just like pencil teams in for having no injuries. Uh, and that's part of what you get when you try to form those types of teams, you, you run some risk of, you know, either not having familiarity playing together or, um, you know, injury issues or whatnot. So I don't think it's just like, oh yeah, for sure. The Nets are, you know, going to be there now, if they are healthy, they're going to be a very, very tough out next year. Um, but who knows, maybe the Bucks get home court and get the one seed. And now the Nets have to try and win a game in uh, Milwaukee, which they never did. Um, you know, even in the regular season, they didn't beat us there. So, you know, there's all sorts of those kinds of things that can flip too. I would just be, I would be blown away if in the rest of Giannis's contract, he doesn't, which is another four years, if he doesn't win at least one more title, I would be, I would be really, really surprised if he doesn't get at least one more title in that time. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. There's a, there's some good teams though right now. I think the NBA is, uh, in a good spot. Yeah, the NBA is in a good spot. And, and that's, I guess, kind of another point that I wanted to bring up is like now Giannis, in my opinion, is I think he's the best player in the NBA. Adam Shine said it. Many other many others have come out and said it. I mean, this cements his spot as the best player today in the NBA. I'm not saying legacy or over his career, because obviously LeBron has that and Durant has that too. Yeah, I think Durant's but, better. Uh, not as a right this moment, I don't believe so. I, I mean, if you look at, if you look at, if you look at, I mean, well, first of all, it was basically Giannis versus Durant in game seven in, in Brooklyn and Giannis won that game. Um, I think that uh, obviously Kevin is of course a much better jump shooter, but he doesn't go to the, he doesn't go to the rack like Giannis does. Uh, and also um, I think he wears out faster, right. As of right now, like that's, I mean, he, he did nothing in the overtime, literally nothing Durant did. I mean, that, I mean um, of game seven. So I think in a seven game series, if it's just Giannis versus Durant again, like it was, I think Durant, I think Giannis wins that most of the time um, for getting to the rack. If he can just make two thirds of his free throws and just for stamina, just pure stamina, I think Giannis can uh, give you four quarters plus any overtimes as needed. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely at least an open debate now. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard not to say it after he just dropped 50 
in a closeout game. And yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, it, I, it, I mean, it, it's hard to argue against him, even though even though I am on the Durant train as far as him being the best still. Uh, Giannis, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to make an argument against him. I, I would say at this point, it's kind of a toss up. Yeah, and come on. I mean, look, I'm not saying Durant. Durant is probably still number ten or eleven best of all time. So I'm not. Again, I'm not talking all time here. But yeah, I mean, yeah, neither am I. Neither am yeah. I. Yeah. And so, I mean, as of right this moment, if you have to pick one player in the NBA team to start in the NBA to start a team with, I believe it's Giannis. You know, it just is. Well, I mean, because of age, absolutely. Well, that's what I mean. So that's yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But if, I mean, if you were just trying to win a championship for one season, I'm probably taking Durant because let's uh, be honest, Gian- Giannis had a better team in Game Seven. No, I, I, yeah, I mean, yes, he did. How can, how can you say, how can you say that Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton weren't better than Bum Harden and whoever the hell else was their third best player that game? Yeah, but Holiday had, except for a four minute stretch in game seven of that Nets, had an absolutely terrible series offensively. I mean, just bad. Um, obviously great defensively. Um, but, and he, he wasn't really having to guard anybody. Uh, in that series, he had to, he had to obviously guard, you know, uh, Booker and Paul in, in the finals. Um, but he didn't bring anything offensively to the table at all. Uh, Middleton. Yeah, but he's, Mid- he's still there. And if you go uh, pound for but- pound, if you go pound for pound on that game seven, Giannis had a better team. Like, I don't. I don't really see, but it really it still came down to Giannis. Still came down to Giannis versus Durant and Giannis. Yeah, it's true. And Durant had home court, so you can give right exactly. I mean, I think if that game also literally lost because Durant wears a uh, shoe size, I know. But if that if that if that game was in Milwaukee, I think they could have won by seven to ten points in regulation. Could be. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, home court matters a lot when this, when the arenas are full, which they obviously were uh, for most of the playoffs, uh, starting in the late first round. Um, but look, I, the bottom line is this, like, in my opinion, this is why titles are so great, is you now get to say these things. And I don't care what anybody else says, um, you know, screw Durant, he lost. You know, too bad. I don't, <laughs> I don't care about the excuses. No, no, just like, for sure. just like, just for like, sure. just like, just it, like. It's all what is. But you no, can't look, say that Joe Harris. Look, I could, I could, I could say, I could say the Bucks got screwed in 2020 when they had the best record in the NBA and didn't get to play one playoff game at home. I and mean, guess what, Mark? They did. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. But my point is, is <laughs> but my point is, is like it doesn't. It's not gonna. It, it doesn't change the fact that they still lost, right? No, you know? no, no, no. For for sure, the Bucks won the title. Like they they won. I'm not trying to argue that. I'm just trying to make an argument that Durant is still the best player in the NBA, as good as Giannis is, and I think no, he's third, second. He's a better jump shooter, but that doesn't mean all around player. And I don't think anybody is as anybody is as great around the rim as Giannis. So you can, in my opinion, if you want to say those two cancel each other out, plus. Giannis is a much better two-way player. I'm not saying Durant is terrible on defense. Giannis is better on defense. You're right. Yeah, well, that matters. And blocks. It, it does. Uh, yeah. and, and, and blocking shots. I mean, when was, does Durant block shots? I mean, Giannis has had five blocks. Also, also Giannis, Giannis can rarely close out a game comfortably. Well, he did in game seven against the Suns. I mean, he, he basically did. In game did. six? Yeah, he did. He did. But he was also making free throws that night. Most of the time, he has to give it off to Middleton. So, that so the question out. now becomes going forward, which I would agree with you, that for him to do this consistently, or for the Bucks to you know win 
another title or two in the next four years. You're right. His free throw shooting needs to be, it doesn't have to be as good as game six um, against the Suns. It doesn't need to be 85% or whatever it was, but it does need to be 70%. Um, I think if he's consistently shooting 70% in the playoffs, and I don't care what happens in the regular season. If he's shooting 70% on his free throws in the regular season, he's the best player because he can get to the foul line enough in quantity to make up for not being as good of a free, because obviously Durant's whatever, 90% from the free throw line. Um, so he can make up for that extra 20% deficit by just sheer quantity. I mean, got to the line 19 times in game six, 19. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. you know, home court helps with that. But, um, you know, even on the road, I mean, he was getting, you know, uh, to the line a lot. So I believe if he's making 70% um, consistently in the playoffs, um you know, so it's not, you know, 90% one game and 50% another, but like a nice consistent 70% um, every game. I then, then I believe he is the best player when you factor in the defense, when you factor in the block shots, um, when you, his, his passing is, is elite. Um, and, uh, and he's starting to get some jump shots, especially when he's facing the rim. You know, I don't have a problem with him actually shooting those like 13 foot jump shots facing the rim uh it's the fadeaway one i'm still a little iffy on although he's getting better at that too um and uh he hit that a couple times in game six i know i don't i don't love that shot though i love it from middleton i don't love it from uh Giannis yet. yeah obviously, yeah. obviously if, he, if he's consistent with it that's different um but i'm not i'm not in love with him doing it but this this next season um you know should be interesting to see if uh, if he continues that in the playoffs but no, I would. I'd, I'd rather because of, um, yes, because of age, I would rather take Giannis as of next year. Um, uh, I would I would rather have Giannis than, than Durant, but only because only because of the age factor um, and, and, and a slight nod on the defense and rebounding uh, side of things. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely there and it's definitely close. They could go one way or another because I think I think Giannis, he definitely proved it. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. We can talk all day about it. So then the next question is, uh, we'll do a quick little, we'll do a quick little bit on your jazz and then, uh, and then we'll talk some football for a few minutes and then we'll wrap up here. So um, we've already talked a little bit about your jazz uh, after they lost to uh, the Clippers. So what do they need to do, whether it be, it's not gonna be in the draft because they're not going to get a lottery pick, um, but any kind of deals that they can make this off season that you think, will put them over the hump because look uh, and the reason a bucks i'm asking fan, a bucks fan saying that lottery pick isn't going to be good huh uh well you don't have a lottery pick do you have a lottery pick? no 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 what i i was making a joke that none of the bucks starting five was a lottery pick no i i know i know but yeah but we can't you can't predict that that's not that's not like <laughs> i but, know at the same time you kind of can't predict a lot i i, I was but it's not even if it does it's not going to be it's not going to it's not going to pay off next year yeah, I mean, yeah no no i i'm kidding to be honest like we we kind of discussed this after i i have no idea uh right now about the jazz they uh, they're kind of stuck uh with with where they're at right now they have rudy signed he's extremely expensive and they're going to stick with it and i think it's a good thing they have going i think they need a small ball center uh for the playoffs when these teams go small, because we obviously have seen year after year after year with the Rockets and the Warriors and the, uh, uh, the Clippers this year, 
that Gobert cannot compete with a, a, a small ball lineup. He's good in every other scenario, but when it comes down to small ball, he's literally a liability on both ends of the court. And Paul George was kind of shooting a knock at him uh, the next the next series when they were playing the Suns. Uh, after the first game, I think Aiton kind of torched him that game, and they were asking George about him, and he was like, yeah, he was like, yeah, we we can't we can't guard Aiton with Luke Kennard like we could last series. It's like yeah, I don't, don't want to hear I, I don't want to hear about Gobert being defensive player of the year nonsense anymore. I mean, the guy is, in my opinion, like mostly a one trick pony in terms of how he can uh, defend. And you're right, he can't do anything against smaller lineups at all. Uh, so, I mean, the whole nonsense of you know the the you know player the defensive player of the year for him is, is just it's ridiculous. In my opinion, to be a great defensive player and to you know. Uh, to be defensive player of the year, you've got to do it all. Like you've got to be able to, um, you know, you got to play big, you got to play small, uh, you got to be able to, uh, you know, have uh, uh, go up against the best players in the league and be able to block shots. It just it's, the shot and and the shot making is too good right now. It was it was right. almost like Snyder that that last time was like, oh, I'm gonna play the odds. They're shooting seventy percent from three this half. They're bound to start missing some. Well, not not when you're wide open every damn shot because Gobert can't get the closeout soon enough. The guards, I mean, the guards also couldn't stay in front of the Clippers guards, but at the same time, I almost feel like that's the Jazz's uh, defensive scheme is like, hey, let the guards get in, let Gobert step up, and let's let's get teams shooting more threes. Uh, but, I mean, that obviously came back to bite them, and Gobert couldn't do anything to adjust or even contest those shots. So... I think I think that Snyder needs to adjust, and I think they need to get some sort of a small ball center, because I mean they have uh, they have favors, um, but outside of that, it's like I don't think they even had like a great option to match up with the uh, with the Clippers in that scenario, and I think they need to find somebody that can fit that. Who I don't know. They obviously don't have. A, Tough time scoring. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell has stepped up and turned into a uh, premier player in the league. But I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it's kind of a weird situation they're in with so much being put yeah. into Gobert. Yeah, I don't know who they go out and get. I just don't. I mean, it doesn't feel like, you know, the players on the free agent market fit the mold of what you just said. I think they also need a lot more toughness. Um, I mean, look. If you look at the Bucs this year, they do not win the title without P.J. Tucker. They do not win the title without uh, Brooke. They do not win the title without Bobby Portis. Uh, and obviously, of course, they don't win it without Giannis. He always brings the toughness. But those three guys, uh, Portis, Tucker, and Lopez, and especially Tucker and Portis, like those were the difference makers, in, especially especially in that net series, which was you know so tough. So... I mean, you, you got to have those kind of guys that make oh, that hey, difference. I, I found it. I found it. He's going to love Utah, and he's got a player option this year. Uh, Kawhi. <laughs> uh, rumor is he's going to re-sign with the uh, Clippers. I, I, I believe it, and I'm kidding. I, don't, I actually don't think the Jazz would land a guy like Kawhi. Uh, I like that D-Wade is part owner now. I feel like a lot of guys would go to Utah just to uh, kind of be mentored by him. I think that was kind of a big uh, move that the Jazz made. Uh, because no superstar wants to play in Utah, but, uh, anyway, uh, 
Yeah, a, a guy like Kawhi. Now there's a dude who actually can be a small ball center. Yeah, the problem is, is he is he's like the opposite of Giannis, right? He wants to play in LA. He wants to be around all the fame and fortune, and he also is from LA too. So he wants. To Isn't play that kind of weird? Because he doesn't seem like a fame and fortune dude. Yeah, it's probably more a little bit. He wants to be comfortable around his hometown and his hometown friends. It's probably yeah. a little bit more of that. Yeah, right. He yeah. probably doesn't care about being in movies and stuff, but he's from here. Um, and so, but it still is kind of still the same point of this is why the why the Bucks championship and the Bucks are so likable is because of the fact that um, you know Giannis and I tweeted this out in reflection coming back to uh, uh, California from the airport is I mean the fact that Giannis um, you know came from Greece and is you know one of the best if not the best player in the world and chose Milwaukee to stay in and deliver the championship when all the other NBA stars are out there uh, building super teams, going to, big, going to big markets. And I mean, he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone to New York. He could have gone to Miami. He could have gone to LA and been an instant superstar um, and uh, you know, had a reasonable chance to deliver a title to them. And he absolutely purposefully said, no, I want to re-sign with Milwaukee. I love it here. I want my family. I love my family being here. I love being here. I want to bring a title to this city. I mean, that is, I mean, that just, it's got to bring tears to your eyes. I mean, it's just tears to your eyes. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, he did it right. That That's why I was, yeah, I was so big on the Bucks winning this year. I was super happy for him. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's, I mean, that is so goddamn rare, you know, at this point for any. And it does have a leg up on Durant in that. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, and he, he plays, he plays and he plays most of the games in the regular season. He actually gets out there and plays and he wants to play. Yeah, That's true. That's I true. I mean, no load management for him. I mean, now Bud might manage some of his minutes in those games. He probably won't play like 32, 35 minutes, but and, still, then he, and then he forgets to stop doing that in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, no, he did it this year. I have to get, this is the other reason. I'm so he did. He yeah. absolutely, he, he, he for sure outcoached Monty Williams in the finals. No doubt. And he coached, he coached the good finals. He really did. He coached the very good finals. Um, and he got better in the net series as that one went along, went, went along. And then he didn't really need to do much coaching in my opinion, the Hawks series, uh, because we were clearly better than that, even without Giannis. Yeah. The Hawks, the Hawks, that was just, yeah. Uh, on the, on the same note, John Collins is a restricted free agent. John Collins would be a perfect piece. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. Not bad. Uh, I still don't think he's that great of a shooter. Yeah, I mean, but that doesn't matter. We don't need shooting. We don't need shooting. We need it. We need some sort of of a small ball answer because we currently don't have it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you still, in my opinion, it's really hard to have a void on offense. Now, look, the Bucks did it with Holiday. Um, at least Holiday in the seven game series will probably give you two outstanding offensive games. Um, uh, for sure one, but usually two in a seven game series. And he obviously had that amazing offensive game five in, in Phoenix. Um, but I just, it's, I don't, I, I don't think like to go all the way, you can have any voids or any holes on the court on offense. I know, look, I'm not saying you need like superstar scoring, you know, in a position, but you know, you gotta have, I think, I think you could need to have above average, if not elite offense from um, four out of your five guys. And so, you know, if, if, he, if he's that guy that is not, that's okay, I suppose. Um, 
but it just feels like, I don't know. I mean, you're right. I, I think that's not a bad, I mean, that might be the best you can do. Well, I mean, not- if, if we're talking him as a defensive replacement for Gobert, then it's like Gobert, Gobert is a liability on the offense, no matter who's on the court. Yeah, but Gobert still can score down low. I mean, uh, kind of. yeah, yeah. I mean, he can't, he's not good at jump shots. He, he can make dunks when they feed him an open look. Does he have like a great post game? No. no. He doesn't have much. He can make open dunks and he gets a lot of open dunks because the Jazz are a good passing team. But at, like outside of that, he's not, he's not like getting some post up stuff and creating a whole lot of his own offense. And they obviously don't trust him to waste any possessions on that in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you got to, you know, give it a whirl and see what happens with that. Uh, make a run at him. Uh, see if you can get him uh, for sure. Uh, He's I mean, restricted, if, though. This, the Hawks are going to sign yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I wasn't really afraid of him in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, obviously. Well, of, well, of course not, because the Hawks just weren't as good of a team. Like, yeah. but him, him is like an extreme role player on a better team. Yeah. Like, that's not a bad fit. I don't think he's a superstar by any means. Right. Yeah, and, and and yeah. Yeah, I still think you probably want to make, if not an off-season trade, or not off-season signing, maybe a mid-season trade for some toughness like the Bucks got with Tucker. Like, I really, I really do believe without Tucker, we don't win the finals. I don't believe we win that net series. So, um, so that was huge. Um, and then just an all-around kind of toughness plus – you know, a team guy like Portis uh, is, is, is also, is also key. It just feels like you guys have just a bunch of good jump shooters (laughs) is, is really what your team is made of. And that's obviously fine during the regular season. You know, you'll get, um, you know, a one or two seed on that alone. It's just, it's just that when those shots stop falling and the defense is tightened, look, it's just like what the bucks were going through in 2019. It feels like the jazz, this last year were the bucks of 2019. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that. Actually. I agree. Right. right. And so, and the problem is, is when those jump shots are not falling, do you have other options, you know, to fall back on and the grit and the determination to win some of the scrappy game? Cause it, there's always one game, every series in a playoff round where you need to scrap your way to a win and bucks, obviously game seven of the net series. Um, uh, you could kind of a little bit say uh, game, uh, you know, six of the Hawk series and obviously game, you know, uh, six of the finals, you know, you got to scrap your way and, and, and be gritty and be amazing on defense and find a way to get to the rim and uh, find a way to get fouled and find a way to mentally tough, mental, mentally tough, get through, you know, maybe a poor shooting night. And it doesn't feel like the Jazz have any of those kind of guys. Yeah. So, uh, okay, cool. So let's wrap this up with some quick, quick football talk. Um, so you, you, you're not an Olympics guy, Mark. Oh, no, we're not talking about that nonsense. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I could get, I could give you so many problems with the Olympics. I just, uh, uh, I, 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 I'm interested in a little five minutes on this. I want to hear Mark. Uh, I'm not going to give you five minutes. I'll give you like 30 seconds. Okay, first okay, of, let's do one minute. Okay. So first of all, um, you know, just the whole, way the olympics are broadcasted 
um, you know, whether they be delays, whether they put them on random channels like Peacock um, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Christopher Russo summed it up really good today. He's like, it's impossible to find the games. And when you do, uh, they're on some random network that you have to pay extra for. Uh, they're on obviously being in Japan doesn't help with the time difference. Um, the stands uh, and the, the arenas and the stadiums having no fans uh, after watching the NBA finals, excuse me, after watching the NBA playoffs, uh, full of fans. Uh, yeah, and- I, I've, I've been watching a bit of Olympics. It's awful with no fans. I actually commented on that to my wife tonight. Uh, but uh, are we talking about the 2021 Olympics in Tokyo or are we talking about the Olympics in general? Uh, I'm just not really into amateur sports. I think that's a part of it, uh, which obviously the Olympics are focused on. Uh, it's, it's, it's amateurs, right? Um, except for except for basketball, they send they usually send the NBA players. Um, but I mean, obviously, before Dream Team in '92, they sent the college players. So I, my my take is, I just well, I mean, at the same time, it's like you're talking amateur sports, but it's really just like smaller sports. They're still the best at their respective sports. Like just because like vo- volleyball play, like it's not like they're not professional volleyball players. Uh, I don't know how professional they are. I mean, they're, or, they're very or, or swimmers or swimmers. Uh, like, you know what I mean? There's nobody better. So when you're talking amateur sports, it's like nobody was ever better at swimming than Michael Phelps. So yeah, it's like... I just don't, I don't get into those sports. I think that's oh, part okay. of the problem. Okay, So it's more, it's more the actual sports being played. Yeah. I don't, like I don't really care about status. watching. I don't care about watching swimming. I don't care about watching gymnastics. Look, look let me say this. If swimming's I'm at fun. A... Swimming's if fun. I... You're sleeping on that mark. If I'm at a bar and <laughs> I'm sitting there and it's in the background, will I glance over at the TV and maybe watch a few minutes of it? Sure. But I'm sure as hell, and with especially how busy my schedule is, not going out of my way to watch it. Sorry, don't have time. It's not that exciting. Um, I, I feel like, um, I don't know. I just, I, I don't feel the sports that they put on display are that compelling. Um, maybe they are the best at their craft. Well, you know, I mean, I'm, Mark, how did you not tune in for the skeet shooting tonight? Yeah, exactly my point. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's just such a bunch of freaking random uh, stuff that they have. And yeah, and look, I mean, I'll say one thing. I'm happy for the people that get to compete in it and say that they're the best at their sport in the world. That's great for themselves. It's great. But for for must see TV, it's just not. I mean, it's and then and then you couple it with the time difference, the random networks, no fans um and uh, just a bunch of other you know and then them this was supposed to be last year they're rescheduling it and they're talk of not doing it again and then this is not the first olympics where they've given the um the athletes terrible accommodations remember in sochi where they had those awful accommodations and you hear stories like that it's like it just feels very unprofessionally run um it just feels like it's not really a world-class experience and I mean, I don't know. Like, if you want to be thought of as, as world-class, you need to act like world-class. They put their freaking athletes on cardboard beds. I mean, what the hell is that? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I just, there's just a lot a lot to it that just doesn't interest me. And I couldn't care less, honestly. And, and then on top of it, you're freaking, I mean, Drew Holiday literally got on a plane after the parade and flew to Tokyo and is playing for the Team USA, you know? And I mean... Uh, and and obviously some of the other players are already over there. It's like, look, these guys just got done, you know, going 15 rounds in a, in a brutal boxing match. And now you want them to go out there and play for the Olympics. I mean, they're going to be dead by the time they're done with this thing. It's like, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, it, it's, 
And I just, and I just got done cheering my team on in the NBA winning the title. It's like, I'm not, I don't care about watching us. I'm like, I need a little break from basketball. Okay. Like I'm, I'm on, I mean, my, my heart can't take it anymore. Like I'll be frank, like I can't. And so if I was really into the Olympics and especially basketball Olympics, I, I mean, I just wouldn't even be able to, I mean, be able to handle it. Um, so hey, I don't I know. Will say, I will say I watched a little bit about those, uh, the FIBA rules slash refereeing style is so much better than the NBA. And why is that? The NBA has turned into like, and this has bothered me for a couple years too, actually. Like that's one of the reasons why I kind of got disenchanted by the NBA. Uh, I guess for, for like five or six years there is, is because of the foul hunting. I feel like the NBA is damn near like who, who can draw the most fake fouls. And typically you're going to win. Like maybe that's an an exaggeration, but literally Chris Paul's built a career off it. Sure. Well, you know, look, those guys get derided for it. Um, Obviously it's not the way the game should be played. Sure. They need to clean up some of that, but, but go on. How do they, I I mean, even, even as far as the the refing goes, like, so how does it, how does it, even when it comes to Giannis, it's like, it's like, there are so many fouls in the NBA that are just so ticky tack now. And it's like, it's like, I, I understand like a foul is a foul, but for every single time a guy drives to the basket, torpedoing himself into the defender and falling on the ground, it's like, it's like, I play basketball. You don't fall on the ground every play unless you're trying to. And obviously it's a strategy that they've been doing and it's working, but it's honestly getting pretty old. And watching the foul hunting not getting called in these games is actually kind of refreshing. So they're they're just calling us fewer fouls in in yeah, yeah. It's like if a guy runs and a defender's jumping and a guy like literally launches right into his gut uh, in the NBA, that's a foul nine times out of ten. And here it's like it's like hey, if you're if you're hunting for fouls, you're not going to get it. It's actually kind of funny. There, I, I was watching a few videos on few of the players trying to yell at the refs over there because of it. But it's like, I, I don't know. I just think it's an interesting thing. That That's a topic for another time. As yeah. Well. well, I mean, the NBA, uh, used to, the NBA used to not call as many fouls, which is why there was lower scoring. You know, the NBA is going for a more free form style of, of play. Is it though? Hold on. Hold on. Here's my argument to that too, is like the, if the NBA wants more scoring uh, more like, which in theory is, more exciting right more scoring is more exciting i i think that's what the nba is going for Uh, at the same time more fouls is not more exciting more fouls is like long drawn out games and it's like i don't know i i'm i'm not i'm not aboard the uh, current foul culture of the nba yeah uh so uh so first of all uh i mostly agree with you um and but I still feel there's uh, I still feel the NBA product is superior to the international product. Otherwise, um, I don't think the best players in the world would come here, and the fans would not be uh, there wouldn't be as many fans uh, as. There I are. mean, I don't think it's because of the gameplay or the refing. I think uh, obviously the product's better because it's been around forever, and it's where the money is at. Like obviously the best players in the world are going to go where the money. You're telling me if the Chinese league started throwing 150 million dollar contracts that some guys wouldn't get. Swayed, 
No, I don't think they would do it. And by the way, like the the contract size has to be supported by the um, by the fans, right? So if there yeah, were exactly. Well, but if there weren't enough fans, they wouldn't be able to have enough contracts. So the NBA is doing something right in terms of the yeah, of fans. Course. Of, yeah. of course, there is because they have the biggest names, but they're not they're not doing that right. They're obviously, you know what I mean? I mean, where whatever sport has the best players in it is going to have the most people watching that particular sport, uh, not necessarily because everything in it is perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like it like you. I don't like it. Uh, like you don't either, but um, my take is the NBA is still better than it's bad, if you will. And it's more good than bad. And yeah, I agree with you. There's definitely some things they can do to clean it up, but I'm certainly not going to watch the Olympics just because they fall, call fewer fouls. <laughs> so anyways, 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 let's, let's get on, let's get on to the, to the football talk here. Okay. So five minutes on this. So uh, Packers uh, Rogers, Actually, now I'm just seeing a tweet right now that his plane just landed in Green Bay about an hour ago. So he is he's back in yeah. action. Um, the uh, Packers gave him some concessions on things that he wants. So he's going to have more say on the player personnel that they bring in this year. Uh, they voided the last year of his contract uh, to make the last year of his contract now 2022. So 2023, uh, they promised that they would acquiesce to a trade request after this year if he wants one. So basically, it's it's as simple as this. Rodgers is playing in Green Bay for one more year and that's it. So this is, you know, that's why he tweeted out the last dance or Instagrammed the uh, last dance photo uh, with uh, Devonte Adams. And so this is the last hurrah. So given that they obviously have a Super Bowl contending team, uh, in my opinion, it's the Packers and Buccaneers as the two best teams in the NFC. Um, you know, uh, I still believe that game's a coin flip. It was a coin flip this last year. Um, and so part of it may be who gets home field. Part of it will probably be injuries. Part of it will be some luck. Um, but I would be blown away if it wasn't the Packers and Buccaneers uh, in the NFC Championship game this season. So uh, obviously, as a Buccaneers fan, uh, I would be assuming that you believe that your team will get there. Do you believe we will also be seeing a Packers Buccaneers NFC Championship game? Uh, I would remember say if hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. If you say no, team. if you say no, you must say who the two teams you think will be in there. <laughs> that's that's um, the flip side to saying no to that. I'm I'm just going through my head here. I, I'm. I'm well, not fine. Let's believer. let's run through. I'm, it. I'm not a huge believer in the hang, Packers. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're not a huge believer in the Packers. Yes. Okay. Well, they clearly have the talent. They have the best wide receiver in the entire NFL. Uh, they have one of the best running backs in the entire NFL. Uh, the best offensive line in the entire NFL. Uh, the best cornerback in the entire NFL. Their linebackers are still working. The, the, progress, the best. The best what in the entire NFL? Cornerback. Who? who? Jair Alexander. He's graded number one by. Pro football focus like last two years. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, did you throw it out, Jerry Alexander, the NFC Championship game? Uh, no, you threw it Kevin King like 40 fucking times because the guy's a piece of shit. Who did you burn at the end of the first half? That would be Kevin King. Who did Goodwin beat for the first touchdown in the first quarter? <laughs> that would be Kevin King. You did not throw at Jair Alexander at all. In the, and well, actually, you did, and he, he intercepted one of the uh, Brady's passes in the second half. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> 
So look, they're uh, one of the best kickers in the NFL also. Uh, so look, they're, they're, their linebackers are still work in progress, but I believe they're making great strides. Uh, so let's just do the, let's just do the exercise. Nobody else in, in the NFC's again, we're, we can now safely assume Rogers is playing. So that's hundred percent a done deal at this point. So nobody else in the NFC central, I think that's uh, NFC North, excuse me. That's a done deal. Uh, I don't see anybody in the NFC East uh, taking a step forward enough to win a playoff game, let alone. Not enough. He, not okay. Enough. So great. Uh, so hang on, hang on, the, hang on. The Rams and Cardinals are Hang on, great. hang on. We'll get to, we'll get to them. I don't see anybody else in the NFC South at all uh, doing anything. And then in the West. Okay. So you've got the Rams, you've got the Cardinals, maybe the rebounding uh, Niners is, is three potential things. So let's just go through those three right now. Niners. And I'm sorry. Seahawks. I'm sorry. Uh, Seahawks. Come on, please. Let's not even go there. Uh, I don't even think they'll make the playoffs. I'd be shocked if the Seahawks make the playoffs. I'll go on record right now for that one. So Niners uh, let's see here. Nowhere near the defense that they had two years ago. Uh, Garoppolo absolutely has to have a good defense in order to go anywhere. He is a game manager period. Nothing more um, than that. He is not somebody who's going to single-handedly carry you to anything. Uh, he's good for two interceptions every single game if he has to throw the ball. Um, he literally threw the ball eight fucking times in the NFC Championship game two years ago against the Packers. Uh, no, sorry, they're not. Uh, maybe I guess they could sneak in and go nine and eight, ten and seven uh, for the playoffs. I'm not saying that's impossible, but uh, they're not going anywhere. So now let's look at the Rams and let's look at the Cardinals. I still believe the Cardinals are uh, you got to prove it to me first. You got to make the goddamn playoffs. Okay. With, yeah. With Kyler Murray. yeah. So you can do that first before we have you in that conversation. Um, okay. So we're really just talking about the Rams. Then. All right. Well, so let's look at it. So the Packers beat the Rams in the playoffs in the divisional round last year, and it wasn't really even that close. Um, they technically probably have a better quarterback than they've used to have than they've been used to having in Stafford over uh golf that being said the guy has literally never won one freaking playoff game in his entire career okay so again i come back to the conversation of can you win a playoff game before we pencil you into the nfc championship game so the only two teams that you have left after all of that deduction is packers and buccaneers how could you how could you say otherwise now look if the if the packers or buccaneers had bad talent around them or something, you know, around Rogers and Brady, that's different. I mean, the Packers and Bucks just flat out have the most talent on their, on their rosters. Of course, yeah, they do. The, yeah. the Rams with Stafford are dangerous though. Oh, they, they, they were not a quarterback away from beating the Packers last year. It's not like Goff had the worst game ever. I mean, he didn't have an amazing game, but it wasn't that we torched him for 32 points. Yeah, but he points. holds them back. He holds but we them torched back. them for 32 points. 32 points, 3-2, 3-2, 32. That's how many we scored against their vaunted defense, 32 points, 32 points, 32 in cold and flurry weather. So, so. We're, we're, we're talking about a 13-4 uh, and four Packers team in the NFC Championship against a 17-0 Tampa Bay Bucks team. Okay, so first of all, so you're not not nineteen and zero by that point. Excuse so, me. So so first of all, so 18. first of all, first of all, you're now you're now agreeing with me that it is Packers and Bucks in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> you you um, know you know. Hey, I, I will say the Rams have the best shot. The Rams have the best shot for real. Sure, they're probably the Bucks the are going to get. They're the probably seed. they're probably the third best team. I would agree with you. Yeah, the this is how it's going to work out. The I Bucks believe. Hang on, the, I, one I, seed. I, I, the Packers I, are going to get the two seed, and the Rams are going to get the three. So the Rams and Packers are going to play. 
at home. And the, and we'll the, do, Bucks, we'll the do, Bucks are going to coast. We will, the Bucks are going to coast. Who's going to be the fourth? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So, so the Packers will do to the Rams the same thing at home that they did to last year in the playoffs. Got it. No. So, <laughs> no. Based on what? Based on in, what? In fact, with Stafford this year, uh, we oh, might yes, have. Oh, Stafford, yes. Stafford is has been so good against the Packers over his career. I mean, we, oh, my we God. Might think we might have the Rams. As Shaking in my boots at Stafford coming to Lambeau Field. Oh, my They're God. Getting, no, 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 no. That I'm game scared. is going to be played in L.A., Mark. You just said the Packers would have the two seed. No, no, no. I changed my mind. I said the Rams are going to have the two seed. Uh, I, first of all, we have an easier schedule than they do. So I would disagree with you in there. They're playing in the NFC West, which is harder than the NFC North. Um, we are also playing the AFC North, which I think is not that good. Um, got the Ravens, but really other than and Brown Browns. Okay. So, you know, uh, uh, Steelers are no good. Bengals are no good. And I think, the, I think the Ravens will actually take a step back this year too. Um, Browns may, Browns may as well. Um, and that Browns game is at home at Lambeau. What makes um, you think the Ravens will take a step back? A little bit. I'm not saying they won't make the playoffs, but they weren't that good last year. I mean, they they barely scraped by in the first round of the playoffs. Come on, they didn't even have a they didn't even have a playoff game. Like, geez, what? Why? Why? Why do we anoint these teams and players and they haven't done shit? Isn't I mean, what is what have they done? What have they the done Ra- with that the current Ravens team? The Ravens are a good team, though. They're a playoff team. They're ten and six team under the old model. Whether that's ten and seven or eleven and uh, uh, six, I don't know. But they're they're solid, but they're not like. Oh my gosh! Yeah, now I mean, I'm just like for sure losing to them or something. Like at the same time, I think they're a team that could beat anybody on any given day. Sure. Okay, I, I agree with you. The Packers will go 13 and four. I'm fine with that. That that doesn't bother me. Um, but to say that like the Rams for sure are getting like the two seed. I mean, I can. They could probably lose. They could probably lose three games in their division alone. I mean, that's just that's just that division. I'm not. I'm not sure what the rest of their schedule is like. Um, but uh, you know, I I'm not like. I don't think you should just uh, – and by the way, like, for all the stupid talk of freaking Sean McVay, he has a lot of eggs that he lays in the regular season and the playoffs for that matter. I mean, losing at home to the Jets, losing at home to – or losing to the uh, Seahawks. Uh, I, I mean, come on. The guy has a lot of stinkers. And I don't know, like, why everyone's – Seahawks? Uh, not in the playoffs. I mean, they beat them in the playoffs. Um, but I think the they C- lost to the them. Seahawks. Are, oh no, the, to the Niners. Losses. Excuse me. The they Seahawks lost, are being everybody. Else. Excuse me. Excuse me. They lost. They lost two games to the Niners last year. To the Niners. I mean, what is that? <laughs> and the Jets. And the Jets at home. The Jets at home. Again, you know what? Yes, he made the Super Bowl a, a few a few years ago. I'm not disagreeing with that. With an amazing defense, but that defense is not the same. It's older. It's uh, yes, Aaron Donald is great, but uh, we had no problem against him. Um, Jalen Ramsey's overrated. Uh, Rogers torched him um, all over the field last time. And I'm sorry, but their coach is not that great. I mean, is is overrated. Let me say that. Sean McVay is good, but he's extremely overrated. And so, look, the reality is, is that Lafleur has gotten to the NFC Championship game his first two years as coach. He's posted a 26 and six regular season record, uh, get gone to the NFC championship two years in a row. And he has not lost a single personnel. And by the way, may I say that we lost the probably second or third best offensive lineman in all of football going into the playoffs last year in David Bakhtiari, uh, who, uh, heard his ACL, um, um, uh, towards ACL, uh, in training or in, uh, practice right before the playoffs started. I think, I think we could have had a much better chance of winning the game against the Buccaneers had we, um, had he been healthy. Um, I mean, he, he has, he signed the largest contract ever 
for an offensive lineman because he deserved it. So I just look, the football is one of those things where you don't know kind of how teams will gel. And maybe this whole Roger saga, you know, is a cloud over this team and maybe they stink it up because of that. That's certainly possible. That's the one X factor that I'm not really taking into account here besides injuries. Injuries are always the X factor, but the one X factor is maybe the team just doesn't want to play this year <laughs> because of Rogers. So maybe you're right. Maybe you get that. I, that, that could happen, but let's just assume that they play to their talent level, which I think is a reasonable assumption. Um, 13 and four, uh, 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 you know, Tampa goes 14 and three, 16 and two, whatever, 15 and two, whatever the hell the number of games is now. Um, so they have the one Packers have the two seed. I believe the Rams are actually a distant third. Uh, they're going like 11 and six type of thing. So two or three games behind the Packers. Um, yeah, I just would be, I would be sitting here today on July 26th. I would be shocked. I mean, shocked if it's not Packers bucks in the NFC championship game. I think it's the most likely scenario. You're right. Yeah. And so, and that's, that's exciting, isn't it, man? I mean, that's like what we want. Don't we want another Rogers Brady rematch? <laughs> I mean, I want revenge. I mean, I'm ready. Yeah, I, I know. I, I just, I just don't know if I want to put up your excuses for weeks at a time after. Well, you know, you will be eating some crow if you lose. That's, that's what you're really worried about. You're worried about the fact that the regression back to the mean uh, you know, will come your way and, uh, you'll, uh, uh, Rogers, uh, farewell tour in green Bay is going to end, uh, in a, because Brady, Brady loses some NFC championship game or AFC championship games in AFC, uh, before the NFC. Um, and he's not like he's never lost the Super Bowl. He's seven and three. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, he's, he's it's not like he's perfect in big games. He's lost a few. So, uh, it certainly could happen. Yeah, I mean, is it likely? No. <laughs> I will say, hey, I, I, I did hit my bet last week. You remember what my bet was on the Bucks game? No. Uh, under under and Bucks money line, easy. Which game was that? That was game six. And you picked uh, under. Oh, that's right. You picked under two twenty two. Which which was easy. That was the easiest freaking money ever. Well, like for real. Yeah, but I mean, there is a scenario where that second quarter doesn't play out the way it does, um, because I mean, that was the defense uh, was always going to be tight that day. Well, I, mean, I don't think it was that. I think it was just the offenses were just really kind of like a little bit anemic in the first half. I think I think both teams I think both teams played a little tight in the first half. That's that's what I would say there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But regardless, the the un, the over wasn't even ever a question. No, no, it wasn't. No, you no, that was that was that was for sure. Um well, uh dude, we've been we've been chatting for an hour and fifteen. Uh this has been freaking amazing. I've got uh I got work to do. Uh so I'm gonna let you go. I think we should do uh I think we should take a week or two off. Uh we are we have our gaming license. Uh, hearings uh, in Nevada next month. Woo, 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 I know. Woo. Exciting, exciting. So uh, we hope to be licensed and operating in Nevada by football season. Uh, so by September 9th, maybe might be before that. Uh, so super excited. We should get the license next month, assuming all goes well, uh, like about a month from now, uh, maybe maybe even three and a half weeks from now. And then the tech certification. So our, our app actually has to be certified uh, by the Nevada Gaming Control Board as well. So it's, it's actually two uh, like we can operate our casino once we have our gaming license, uh, but we can't take bets in the Zensports app until the tech is certified. So um, there's uh, a second step to the process. 
are you guys going to run uh, any sort of uh, physical casino? Yes. So we're going to own a little small casino uh, in Lovelock, Nevada, which is about 95 miles east of Reno. Uh, it's got about 48 slot machines. We might put in a couple more at some point in the future. Um, it's got room for about 50 machines. Um, it's a little truck stop, but it, um, you know, it's a, it's a manageable size for us for the first go around. Um, and, uh, and that's really all that matters. I mean, we don't need some big extravagant uh, resort property in the strip to be able to operate our mobile sports betting app. You know, it's a, it's a, are you app. going to have a, uh, a sports book in there? Yeah, we're going to add a small little sports book and then we are taking over the sports book at another location. Um, and then we are going to be looking to add additional sports book. We are going to look to take over additional sports book locations throughout the state of Nevada um, in the future, in the near future. So, um, uh, so we want as many locations as we can get for people to be able to sign up uh, for Zen Sports and hear about us. Yeah, hmm. so I'm excited. I'm oh, excited. There's there some huge things coming on that road. Oh yeah. So Zen Sports is on fire. We are doing very well. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, promise. Uh, we're fulfilling that promise. Uh, we have been executing like gangbusters and rigorously. Mark. I think you're. I think you're a better CEO than Giannis is a basketball player. <laughs> but does that mean people want to watch me in the Olympics as CEO every day at my desk? <laughs> hey if people are watching skeet shooting i think they would want to watch it oh i agree with that i mean because we've got some good drama going on i mean we have some good heated exchanges at work sometimes and uh all in the name of uh all in the name of building and uh moving the company forward uh but uh yeah i don't think there's anybody standing outside uh waiting for my autograph as uh although you know it's interesting a, a lot of a lot of tech founders that have been successful actually do become pretty famous so uh, I'm not, I'm not as worried about that. Uh, I just want to build a freaking huge ass business. I mean, I, I want to, what's, what's fun about the tech, the tech world for those that have not either co-founded or started, um, a technology company. The best part about being a tech entrepreneur and co-founder is taking something from nothing. Like literally that was like nothing, uh, that was a napkin idea and turning it into something that, you know, hopefully tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people use um and becomes famous and popular um and and everybody wants to use it um and that's that's the goal and and to lead that journey from beginning to end you know is, is special so yeah that's the part that i'm uh you know uh that gets me up in the morning and keeps keeps me going late at night and um it's super exciting stuff and you know um i'm glad that you you know you, i know you made a small investment in the company a few years ago uh you know our goal is to uh to turn that into something uh worth a lot someday. And um, I'm glad to, uh, to have all of the supporters, um, both investors, advisors, and employees, um, you know, along for the journey and doing a great job for us. It, it means a lot to me. It's exciting, man. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Dude, I got to get back to work. You've got to get back to your baby uh, having a birthday. And uh, it is, uh, it's been a great, great conversation. Uh, let's talk again in 10 to 14 days. Sounds good. Amazing. You rock, Jess. Have a great night. Thanks, Mark. You too.